Welcome back, everybody. It's a brand new episode of Fan Drag Sports Soccer Podcast right into your earlobes, drums. Earballs. Earballs. Brain. I'm yeah, so- no, earlobes was, I mean, ear, like, when you first said that earlobes sounded right, and then I was like, wait, no, that's no. massively wrong. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> earlobes, they don't really do much. You pierce yeah, them. Yeah, well. You know, you do what you do with them. I'm Sebastian Norum. With me, as always, Polly Quistel and Elliot Niblock. Um, we're going to do a quick little roundup here of match day 27 in the Premier League, and then we'll take a little quick look ahead at the Champions League games as we got the um, round of 16 match two coming up on Tuesday, Wednesday for half of the teams. Crazy shit happened, and it was entirely predictable. There's your roundup. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, let's kick things off with Manchester United 1, Bournemouth one. Well, well, you predicted this one, right, Polly? <laughs> Who saw that coming? Yeah. Did you see the Marcus Rojo goal coming too? No, <laughs> but like, in all honesty, though, like, at at the end of the day, I was just like, you know what, like, but like, it makes sense. Like, it makes sense that like the goal, of course, came from Marcus Rojo. Yeah, because he's um, been getting a lot of flack from us here. Well, well no, he still sucks. He still yeah. sucks. He's still <laughs> terrible. Um. It, it it was just like it was like we have all this attacking talent and it can't score against Bournemouth and of course against Bournemouth the goal comes from a center back who can't hit the net like if the net was the size of a stadium hmm. like he can't hit the right side of a barn I think that's the expression yeah twenty attempts seven on target one but in it net. was but like how many like it was like like. And I, I'm, I, I don't know. I think I might have made this joke to you. I think I might have deleted the text. Like it was like NBCSN just didn't have any original programming for us on at seven thirty on a Saturday morning, so they just reshowed a game that I've seen seven times this year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they they are really drawing way too many games here. Um, what do you mean way too many? They've drawn more than any other team in the league. Yeah. Well, yeah. So way too many. <laughs> Yeah, Rojo with the goal for United, Joshua King, former Manchester United prospects. And the fun the funny thing was was you I, I specific I when we did the predictions on Friday or Thursday, whenever we did it, I let you guys go first because both of you were all like, Oh, they're on such great form, they're doing this, they're doing that. And I was like, dude, we've seen this a million times before. Like they they win a Europa League match like four nil. And like they, and then they come home to play the worst team in the league, and they can't score a goal. Like, yeah. and I said, like, oh, we are so excited to get back to drawing league games. And then I went one one, and Elliot just went, oh, I think you got it right on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, and like, here's like, so like, Sam, at what point did you realize this game was going to end one one? Uh, pretty early on, it was uh, very inept. Attacking from United, uh, you know, created a lot of chances, but nothing seemed to be going their way. I could tell you the exact point. Okay, the exact second. The exact point, because literally in the first five minutes, they should have been 2 0 up. Yeah. But so, like, so, but, like, all right, like, all right, we, we got a lot of attacks. We should be 2 0 up. And the, the exact second was about seven and a half minutes in. I forgot who it was, but they played this brilliant ball over the defense, and they played Juan Mata in beautifully. 
and Juan Mata was in all alone behind the defense, and the flag went up. Flag goes up, it's offsides, whatever, play's done. Juan Mata shoots anyway on a play that, like, you should finish 10 out of 10 times, and Asmir Burrich makes this unbelievable save on a play that's complete. It was completely a dead play anyway because the yeah. flag was already up. Like, you already knew it was offsides. You already knew it doesn't count. And he made this incredible save, and I just went, oh, it's going to be that kind of day. Yeah, one of those days. Yeah, Boric and I went, and I went, we're game. done. And I went, and and it wasn't like a, it wasn't, I didn't have that like, oh, we're gonna draw this game nil nil day. I went, yeah, no, like this is gonna end. I, 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 at that point, we're seven and a half minutes to go. So like, we have 80, 82 and a half minutes to play. And I went, I hit the nail on the head in this game. I went, yep. I'm getting three points. Yeah, uh, a lot of stuff happened in this uh, match. Tyron Minx stomped <laughs> Slotten in the face. Slotan put an elbow in the face of Minx. Whoa, uh, whoa, 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 yes. whoa, 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 yes. whoa, whoa. I didn't expect you to say that. Like, Miss, Mister, I will defend Zlatan to the end. I mean, you saw you you read what he said. Like, <laughs> I jumped Zlatan, high. Yeah, Zlatan yeah. jumped high, and and the other and he jumped high, and the other guy jumped into his elbow. That's what happened here. Yeah, I mean. Just watch the replay. You know, it, it's, it looks very <laughs> well, intentional. I've watched did. it. Zlatan told me to watch the replay. He said, yeah. you, you have the TV. Watch it. I jump. I jump high. He jumped into my elbow. Yeah. No. I mean, look, I play hockey with the guy. There's a guy on my team who, let's just say his balance isn't the best. And he falls a lot. And somehow it's always a penalty on their team. <laughs> like, and and he had a situation last uh, in my game last night, and and I described to a teammate, I was like, "This is a guy who he'll lose his balance and fall, and as he's falling, like his head will meet somebody else's like glove, and then he'll be like, oh, he punched me.' Like that's <laughs> that's what I that's what I think of when Zlatan's like, oh, he jumped into my elbow. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just we'll see what he's, happens here. What's he's he, been charged. What's he doing? Right, but he's facing, like, what, a three-game ban? Yes. So give him a three-game ban as long as it starts after the Chelsea match. Because I have no problem with it after that because let's, like, let's call a spade a spade here. Zlatan, incredible, can't score a home league goal to save his life. Because if he can score a home league goal, we wouldn't be sitting in sixth freaking place. Hmm. So let Jose go with Marcus Rashford at home in the league. You'll still have Zlatan for the Europa League. And, but like, please let him play against Chelsea in the FA Cup because Zlatan can score in the FA Cup. Because ultimately that's what this comes down to. Like, we're going to make our jokes and say this was a very predictable outcome that they drew 1-1 against Bournemouth. Ultimately what it comes down to is tactical ineptitude from Jose Mourinho and the adjustments that he made were questionable at best. And the fact that he didn't make adjustments earlier is questionable. Mm, Triple change in 70th minute. It's not the triple change. It's not the triple change. It's like you. All right. So like we all live in America. So like we got the international broadcast. We all heard what the announcers that what the commentators were saying. 
and the commentators were literally talking about the entire and I will say this the commentators almost acted like they've never watched a United game all year when they were talking about how Bournemouth were playing such a high line that it was almost suicidal for them to play such a high line against Manchester United well you've obviously haven't watched 35-year-old Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who does so many things well. He does a lot of things well. He gets he gets in the box. He shoots well. He can pass well. He, like, you know, you got to mark him on a set piece because he can head it in. He defends set pieces well. What he doesn't do is run behind defenders. So... Mm, yeah, we're very seldom that happens. Yeah. So, yeah, if he's your only striker, why not play a really high line? Because... Hey, guess what? They're not going to make you pay for it. And and like like you know, you listened to the show last year. I no one loved Anthony Martial more than me. I saw Anthony Martial play 20 something minutes against Liverpool, went home, bought his jersey. I was like, this guy, he's got talent. He's got it. I love him. And then he ends up on the left wing. France benches him. Jose Mourinho doesn't exactly like him. It becomes a story in the media. And now all of a sudden, it's he's back in the team. And, and I'm wondering why. Because, like, what did he do to get back in the team? Because he's not exactly lighting the world on fire. And the reason that he's not lighting the world on fire is because he's not a left wing. He's not a creative player in any way, shape, or form. He is a guy that's good with the ball at his feet, but he's a finisher. He's fast. He'll get behind the defenders, but the ball at his feet, he's good, and he'll finish. He's not the left wing that's designed to play in Mourinho's system. And that was so evident in this game, but mainly it was evident that Mourinho at no point said, hey, maybe we should move him and put him in the middle and put him next to Zlatan so Zlatan could drop into the hole Mm -hmm. and Martial can run behind the defenders because like they were playing a high line and this game was just calling out for Marcus Rashford. But I understand it. It's like, all right, we didn't know Bournemouth were going to come out and play this way at old Trafford. We selected Martial instead of Rashford. Okay, fine. Martial is still a fast player. Yeah. So no, I agree why that not... they should have played someone up next to Slatan. We've spoken about so, that before. So like, why not? Why not move? Like, all right. So like, you want to play a certain way? Why not? But like, okay, the way Bournemouth is playing, you should take advantage of that. So like, why not move Martial towards the middle and say, hey, run behind the defenders, because Rooney's not going to make those runs. Zlatan's not going to make those runs. So why not like move Rooney out wide? Who? has shown over the past 10 years that he's willing to do that and move Martial into the middle and say, hey, run past these defenders. We're going to play you into space constantly, and you should have three or four goals today. And that didn't happen. And instead you get the triple change, which is just Rashford and Lingard and the most confusing of all of them, Fellaini for Carrick, which... Like, when he brought on Fellaini, I was just like, oh, we're getting Fellaini. I know this isn't going to work, but, like, I understand it. Because at this point, by the time Fellaini came on, United had eight players forward. That it was, like, the only chance they had of creating something was get it out wide, pump a ball into the box, and, like, let's get ahead on it. So, all right, 
bring on Fellaini, we'll get a big guy in the box, maybe he can get ahead on it. Is that what they did? No. They brought on Fellaini for Carrick, and they said, hey, Fellaini, just sit in front of the back four. Don't get anywhere near the box. Just sit back there. So what they did was they replaced the guy who can get the ball and make the pass that starts the break for a guy that can't do nothing pass for shit. Yeah. So it was like, what the hell are you doing here? Like, and that was, so like your lack of, so like Jose Mourinho, like your lack of, your lack of making, of making any adjustments in the first half was just exemplified by the fact that you said, Oh, you know how I could fix this? Bringing on Fellini for Carrick. Was like, what the hell are you doing? Yep. And and that was the biggest indictment on you. And and now I'm just waiting for him to complain about the trip to Rostov that they have this week in the Europa League. And it's just like, look, two things about your inevitable complaint about the travel is, one, Rostov has played more Champions League games this season than you did. <laughs> That's a pretty two, good point. <laughs> two. Like, two, this is what the Europa League is. Like, is you make travel, and guess what? Like, you're, like Champions League teams beat Bournemouth at home. Europa League teams, they draw them. They draw against Stoke at home. They draw against Burnley at home. They draw against Bournemouth at home. And that's what your team is doing. So, if Jose Mourinho wants to complain about anything, this is the classic example of pointing one finger at somebody else and four fingers are pointing back at you. Mm. Because you got yourself into this mess. Like the like my friend my friend today who's a Spurs fan, he's he he was talking to me and then he went, I I'm really scared to say this because you know that's how Spurs fans think. And he goes, But I genuinely think that the top four race is now just three teams for one spot. And my response was three teams that don't want it. Like three teams that are trying everything that they possibly could to not get that fourth place spot because that's what United are doing. I, and the fact that you can draw this many games at, at home that, that you just can't even score at home, that has more to do with the manager than than the players on the field. Mm. I tend to agree on that point. Uh, Elliot, Tyron Minx uh, stomping Slatan in the face there. The FA does not think that the standard three-match ban for violent conduct would be um, sufficient. So if he's fine guilty, it's going to be more than three games. How many games do you think he should get? I don't know. I I mean, I think I think twice that wouldn't be overkill, honestly. No. I mean, I just the and this is something else we've spoken about on the show before, but the FA is just so screwed in terms of how they handle like match bans for mm-hmm. players because violent conduct even even if you know somebody sees red and, and I mean you know kind of just loses their head yeah. and goes off the handle suddenly and slides in for a dangerous tackle, which I think this is worse than that. I mean I I don't know I'm I, I just hate to see the way you know for I mean it's he's a manager right but Arsene Wenger says to Anthony Taylor you're you're a disgrace to your federation or you're dishonest to your federation. And he's banned for four matches. And it's just like, what, how, okay. Yeah. You want to keep the integrity of the officials intact. That's fine. But you also want to keep the integrity of Zlatan's face intact. 
I think that's a little more important. Yes. Yeah, it's... Um, we'll see how, how they come up with this. Both players have until tomorrow to uh, respond to the charges. So we'll, we'll see what I happens. Mean, is there is there any chance, like, we could, like, appeal this, like... Like in baseball, when they hand you like a seven-game suspension, and you're just like, "Well, I appeal," so you could continue to play. No, for like two or three games. Like, like I just want him to play against Chelsea because it's the not, FA Cup. It's not, not gonna the happen. league, and yeah. he's gonna get three well, games. Like, and honestly, should, I, and I think they both do deserve well, to be banned. Well, here's the thing, though. Like, and what? All right, so say he was already on a yellow for dissent. So say the referee sees it and just gives him a second yellow, and he gets so then he gets one game. Wouldn't it be over at that point, or do you think they would review it and say you get additional games? I don't. I don't think that they would give him additional games. I think they would give uh, Mings additional games just because. Yeah, I, I do think that they both deserve to be punished, but you know. Trying to stomp on somebody's head when they're defenseless on the ground is a lot different than challenging. In my in my bar, defense, like I missed that. Out. I missed that. I actually missed it, so like I I didn't really understand why Zlatan was throwing his elbow at somebody. Yeah. But I, I I in the the span of the game, I didn't either. I was like, what the hell? And it was only after the fact that I saw. Oh, okay, right. yeah, you have like, you have a right to be angry. Yeah. My my like when I my like when I I texted my friends in the. When did I do it? Like the fifty-fifth minute, I guess. And I was just like, "This one-one draw, like, is gonna haunt, is gonna haunt me forever." And then I texted another group of friends. I said, "I said we, because let's let's be honest, Lawson should have been sent off in this game." Yeah, and so let's should call it spade a spade. So should Tyron Minx, though. Yeah. But at the and end if Minx was like, sent off, right. then Slatan wouldn't be able to uh, elbow him. <laughs> there we let's go. Be, like, like, let's let's call a spade a spade here. Like, if Slaton gets a sh- like, I, like my friend, like when he 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 woke up late, so he's like, I watched highlights, and he was like, and how is Slaton still on the field? And I went, I went, let's call a spade a spade here. I'm like, he deserved a straight red for that, and I'm like, and at the very least, the second yellow. And and I said when he got that penalty, like it was a ball don't lie situation. Like you shouldn't be on the field. You ain't scoring here. Um. I've just, I sent my text, I, I sent my friends a text in, I think, the 60th minute, being like, I've never seen a game where, like, we're more dominant. Like, you know, the, for, I, and I stress this the refereeing was as one sided as I've ever seen it. I mean, Anthony, uh, Kevin Friend, Kevin Friend, who was a referee, was pretty much wearing a United shirt in this game. And I was like, and I still don't think we're going to score over the next 30 minutes. <laughs> and I was like, and then, and then I texted him again. And I was like, and he gave us a soft penalty, like the softest penalty. And we still couldn't score because it's like, like, yeah, like, of course we couldn't. Like, it was like the game, like literally the entire game was played in the Bournemouth box. The referee, like Bournemouth were playing, like they, he gave Bournemouth a soft red which is, I think, why he couldn't give them another red later in the match when they deserved one. Because mm-hmm. it would, it would have been if he gave them a second red in that match, he would have been under investigation for gambling because the refereeing was so one-sided. Like it, it was a testament to the fact that in the 37th minute, when like 
United slid into a player and he gave them a free kick that the entire Bournemouth section gave the referee a standing ovation. Yep. <laughs> because it was like the first time in the match that literally the decision went their way. Mm-hmm. And it was it was that obvious. It was that obvious. I was like I was like, look, I understand like we're Manchester United and we have this reputation for you know, getting some favorable calls at home. I was like, this referee may as well be wearing a red shirt. I was, it, it was that obvious how one side the refereeing was, and United still couldn't freaking score a game. Nope, they score had a, a second goal. Had to settle with one and point. That's all on. That's all on you, Jose. Yep. That's all on you. Yep. Next up is a trip to Rostov in the Europa League, as we mentioned before. That um, he's definitely gonna bitch about, and it's like you deserve. Everything that you got, and and frankly, you can't bitch about it. And here's what bothers me the most about his bitching about the Europa League is you signed on to manage a team that finished fifth. So how can you bitch about the Europa League? Yeah, it's not like it's not like it's not like last year with like under Van All where we where we were in the Champions League and we fin and we slipped up and we finished fourth and then we dropped into the uh, to the Europa League and then you have to be like. Yeah, we're trying to win it, but this shit kind of sucks. It's <laughs> you signed on to to coach a team in the Europa. Yeah, so, now they just like, have to go win it. Do your and, thing, and and you have to go win it because you can't win a home game in the league. So obviously, you're not going to finish in the top four. So you literally have to go win it. Yes. Before we get to the Liverpool Arsenal game, things are happening down at the bottom of the table. Crystal Palace are out of the relegation zone. They have two straight wins. They picked up a 2 nothing win on the road against West Brom. Middlesbrough, they are now down in the relegation zone after having a really poor run of form. They, I mean, they haven't gotten smoked, but they've lost three and draw two in the last five. So, And Leicester picking up a second straight win. Another 3-1 victory. So... Um, you know, uh, this was I. Ha- I literally had a personal bet with my friend about this game because he was like, "Oh, I like Hull," and I was like, "I kind of think Leicester are gonna pull this one out at home." You know, now that they're back to trying again, mm-hmm. I couldn't even watch this one because I was just like, "Let me watch Dortmund because at least like they're a team that you can rely like you can rely on to pummel up an inferior team at home." That's how mad I was after the United game. I was like, I'm going to flip on Dortmund because at least I can rely on them to beat an inferior team at home. And like within five minutes, they were 1 0 up. Mm, you they, know? Well, they ended up being what? 6 2? 6 3? 6 2, I think. 6 yeah. 3. Yeah, yeah, 6 2, 6 3. Yeah, no, they, they, they performed. <laughs> they performed. I mean, I have to say, I watched the. Um, just because the. <laughs> The hotel I was in happened to only get the the only Premier League match that they got was the CNBC game. Yes. So I well, watched that's Crystal normal. Palace. That's, yes. that's normal. That's normal uh, because hotels don't get NBCSN. Uh, yeah. What a shame. Okay. But anyway, I I was yes. impressed with Palace. Give us a lowdown on Palace. I mean, I thought that they played they played well, and the for the first time maybe ever, I saw this Zaha kid who is supposed to you know be all that in a bag of chips and yep. he actually looked like wow he's a quality winger in the premier league you know but, i mean maybe, are they are these, years so late but would you say that they look like a proper sam allardyce team now 
Because you know, you know, he's he's more happy keeping a clean sheet than he's scoring goals. Yeah, he is. And but they, I mean, they they played decently direct, yeah. and I thought that. I, I think they acquitted themselves well, and they really deserved that win. And it could, honestly, it could have been more. Um, yeah, we all got that one wrong. We all went with one nothing West Brom in that one. Oh well. Yeah. Everybody, everybody and their mother thought West Brom was going to win that game. Yeah. Okay, so I don't feel bad about getting that one wrong at no. all. The big, uh, you know, before the weekend got started here, Liverpool Arsenal. That was a big one. And Liverpool ended up of a match in which a manager has no right to complain afterwards. Yeah, Liverpool ends up taking a three to one win, and um, yeah, okay. So we got to get to this first and foremost. Wenger decides to put Sanchez on the bench to start this one. He comes in at halftime. I, I feel like we need to do this in stages. Like, okay, <laughs> yeah. let's let, right now. Let's say okay. Let's go back to 11.30 on Saturday morning. The team sheets come out. Sanchez on the bench. Ozil hasn't traveled. Yeah, he's sick. What's your reaction? All right, yeah, no. He had a cold. He had the sniffles. He had the sniffles, so he couldn't walk around the field the way he usually does. Um, Because, you know, well, it's. It's it's after it's after an international tournament year, and so I guess it's 2017 now. So it's well, there's no international tournament this year. Uh, so yeah, he's walking around. You've seen the recent games. He's walking around. I mean, I he I admit that he is a player who has the ability to go missing in games, and he can be a bit moody. But he's you and know. he's been missing since October. He's mm-hmm. literally at this point, he's on a milk carton. Oh god. <laughs> Uh, I may not entirely agree with you, but that was a good one. So, Elliot, what's your take on I this have two one? Theories. I have two theories about that. I, I either think he's, like, trying to play himself out of the Confederations Cup because why would he want to play in that? Or it's like he's playing himself into it so that he could be Germany's star, and then when they go to the next World Cup, it's like, oh, Ozil has to be in the team. Because Germany has so many other options. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, so, okay, so what is my take on this? What, yes. Which, I, I, I guess well, I don't I, even really know where well, start... Again, again, again. No, wait, let's yes. let's do this. Like, so it's 11.30 on Saturday. Like, the team sheet comes out. So, like, what's your take? Then it's like you're watching the game. Let's forget anything that happened after the game. Like, let's not factor that in yet. What's your take as this happened? I mean, the I question that we're asking you. I honestly, I I showed up at the bar and I saw the team sheet and I was just like, "What, what is going on?" You know, uh, right? And as you should. And there's my my first thought was. Well, maybe he's saving him for the Munich game, and then my second thought was, if so, why would you do that? <laughs> and then my, you know, then I thought, well, something else has to be going on, um, and, and and you know, if he was trying to, you know, put his stamp on the locker room and say this is 
this is my team sheet. I dictate who's on it and who isn't. He certainly backpedaled fast on that. We're two nil down at halftime by throwing him on at the beginning of the second half. Yeah. It, it's just, it's, it seem it's just, it, it's the, it's managerial seppuku. I mean, I don't, I don't get it. And there has to be more. I don't know if he backtracked on. on that. Like just because well, he brought him on, like, uh, oh, I mean, to some extent, yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay, you want to you want to make a statement about not selecting your best player. Okay, you made that statement, and now the team suffers for it. That's still a bad decision. I, I, it's it, it baffles me. It it just it baffles yeah, me because this but... team is so important and so much more important than our game at the Emirates tomorrow. Yeah. So much more important. Because that game is that that game isn't lost. Like that, we could we could by some miracle beat Bayern Munich at home tomorrow. We're still not going to win the tie. We could win the day, but not the. Yeah, I mean putting putting four on them. That no, I just don't see that happening. But uh, you know, looking at this one, they were talking about it during the broadcast. That you know, maybe he wanted Giroud in. For some reason, and no, they they said, oh yeah, no, he goes and he at the beginning of the match, he went, oh, we're gonna play well back next to him, and he goes, and we have to go direct. Yeah, but they didn't. And <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. They played the exact same way as they've done all season, and they all played better when Alexis won the pitch in the second half, yes. and boom, he gets an assist. Like, ah, uh, it just it it drives me crazy, and. And you know the the theory is now I'm sure you guys have seen it that there was right, so, some dust up in the locker room, and and okay fine you know, but but the the way to the way to show your authority and discipline the player is not in a way that's going to sacrifice the chances of this football club finishing in the top four again, which is at this point our only our, our only real objective in the Premier League because the the title challenge has been dead for a long time. Yeah. Okay, so here's what I will say. One is you could do this if you have the stature and everything at a club where you know your job's definitely not on the line no matter what happens. Yeah. Ugh. Arson Wenger that's, that's, that's is right. not yeah. in that position. Oh, but the yeah. position that... But the position that he is in is pretty much, I don't really give a hoot because I know I'm not going to be back here next year. Like, you're not going to fire me, and but I'm not going to be back here next year. Okay, here, here's why I disagree with you there, Paulie, because I don't think that his job is on the line. Because the, the Arsenal ownership Do you is think he's going to be back here next year? I, do, I don't. I don't. So there's, there it is. But, right there. No, but, th- but that's not the same thing is I don't think that his job is on the line because the ownership of Arsenal, the majority hold is Stan Kroenke and Stan Kroenke only cares about occasionally having a distraction and a nice meal when he happens to be in London at the Emirates and then cashing his checks. This right. is an investment for him entirely. He does right. not. He he cares about the success. Well, that's, of that's football pretty club much what I'm saying. Only is... from a business standpoint, but but by that to, by that same token, I don't think that his job is at risk because Kroenke doesn't really care. I mean, he does care if we lose some revenue from the Champions League, but in the grander scheme of things, 
it's uh, he cares more about stability at Arsenal Football Club. And but 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 you don't think that Wenger's going to be back? I I don't think that Wenger's. So right there. So okay. So right there. It's that's that's my point. Is Wenger could do what he wants right now because he knows like I'm probably not coming back here and like Alexis Sanchez probably not resigning. And I think this story kind of enforced that is that Sanchez comes off the practice field and he's livid and this and that, and then he gets dropped in the team. So that's a move you make when it's like, I'm probably not coming back here, but then you're right. He undoes everything by putting him in at halftime. And that was the, that was what, when you said that five minutes ago, when I went to, because my whole thing was what, like, I it struck a chord with me because I remember the time where Sir Alex Ferguson dropped Wayne Rooney and Darren Gibson and Johnny Evans from the squad for a game against Blackburn because they were out partying late. And essentially it cost us the title because they, they drew the game 1-1 against freaking Blackburn who <laughs> if if they didn't get relegated that year, they got relegated like that the year yeah. after that. And... It's it's goddamn Blackburn. Um, Thanks a lot, Darren Gibson. Right. So like, <laughs> you're sitting there going like, so. You know my thing. So my original take was I I had to look up this game because I was like, well, essentially like like sir like, Wenger had to had to turn to Alexis, um, because he needed to bail himself out. And yeah, the fact that he dropped against Liverpool questionable at best. But I went, my, my point was going to be like, Sir Alex dropped Rooney, but at the same time, like, Sir Alex had gigs and he had skulls and he had, I mean, and now I'm looking at the team that he had. He started Berbatov and, and Chicharito, which, yeah, that, that should be enough for some goals. But the rest of the team was Welbeck, Nani, Jisung Park, Valencia. So right there, your midfield, your four midfielders, that's four wingers playing midfield. Your defense was Evra, Carrick, Jones, and Raphael. That's three defenders and a midfielder. The bench was Anderson, Mame Briandiouf, which he who made like three senior appearances. Uh, Pogba, who we know didn't make in the uh, who didn't play in the league at all ever. Will Keane, who was last seen getting injured, which made way for Marcus Rashford. Ezekiel Fi- Ezekiel Friars and Larnell Cole. So now it's like it like so for Ferguson, it, that's the there's the difference right there is Ferguson said, I'm laying down the law because I can't. Like yeah. like, you know, my job's not in jeopardy and this might cost me the title, and it did. It this one hundred percent cost you the title. The fact that you threw this game against Blackburn, which even frankly, this team should have beaten Blackburn, but they didn't. But like, whatever. Like, frankly, you threw eleven players on the field that I can guarantee you in training, these eleven players never once played with each other. Yeah. Uh, it's combination of eleven. And he said, and I'm not even giving myself the option of trying to bail myself out. Like he could have said Rooney's getting dropped to the bench for Blackburn, and if I need him, I'm gonna call him on. And he didn't. He dropped Rooney from the squad. That's what Wenger did. Is Wenger said Sanchez is getting dropped to the bench, and and then you're right. 
he undid exactly what he mm. set out to do by bringing him on at halftime against Liverpool, who were good enough to hold on to a two nothing lead. Mm. Uh, speaking and of that's Liverpool. the problem. But again, you only do that if you're a manager that you know says I really have nothing to lose because I'm probably not going to be here next year. Yeah, and I and I just find it funny that you know he this is the guy that complains that Alexis plays way too much, and then he drops Alexis to the bench after Alexis hasn't started the match in like two and a half weeks. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, this is, and I, you know, I follow uh, a lot of Arsenal pundits online, and the number, the number of people who say, "Okay, you, you know, we <laughs> crashing out of the Champions League year after year, finishing short and like choking when we should be mounting a title challenge year after year, all this we've been through it thick and thin, but this match." was the straw that broke the camel's back for a lot of people in terms of saying, okay, I loved the teams that he put together for most of the last two decades, but Arsene Wenger has to go. I mean, it's something that I've said on this show for the last few weeks, but this was maybe the most egregious and kind of just stark instance of it. The fact that he did it against Liverpool. I know. God. And I, like, like, my friend is a Liverpool fan, and he was like, he was like, the Arsenal team selection looks questionable. And I'm like, and now it's got me rethinking everything. And I, I was like, look, like, let me spin zone this for you. Like, Liverpool are really good against good teams and really bad against bad teams. And I was like, maybe Wenger's just throwing out the worst fucking team he can come up with. So that maybe he'll get bad Liverpool. But it was, it was questionable at best. But now here's my question is we know Luis Enrique isn't coming back to Barcelona and Wenger's name has been linked to that. And like, what do you think about that? He already said no. Did he? Nah, sort of, sort of. He Did just said he? that he's not going to decide anything now. Right so now. We'll see what happens. Now let's, let's see this. How Arsenal would it be if Arsene Wenger's Barcelona side eliminates Arsenal from the round of 16 in the Champions League next year. Oh, yeah. It's going to happen. And, there you and go. Then there you go. That's, and that's where he finished, finally finishes off his career with winning the Champions League. And honestly, part of, me, part of me wouldn't mind seeing that happen because it's, it's not just down to Wenger. I mean, a lot of blame is to be laid at his doorstep, especially for this match specifically. But, you know, it's, it's like I was talking about. There's apathy... There's apathy here kind of across the board. And, and the, you know, the, the actual board of Arsenal. Mm. And the, it's, it's a problem at the Emirates that runs deeper than just him, although he is perhaps its most malignant manifestation. Yeah. So but, our- like, it's, at the same time, it's hard to judge him because he did, you know, like, he had that stretch. He had that stretch where he couldn't sign anybody because they were building a stadium. And what did they do? He went out and signed young, unknown guys like Samir Nasri, Fabregas, Van Persie, and everything. And he he got them to within the semifinals of the Champions League where they ran into a Manchester United side that was fantastic. I mean, let's call it Spade Spadier. That United kept a clean sheet for 14 straight games. They were the defending Champions League finalists. They had Ronaldo at his peak of his English powers before he went off to Spain where you could score eight goals a game. 
Um, you know, they, they ran into a juggernaut there. He, so, you know, in if you look back at those Arsenal teams, yeah, they only got, you know, like they got 68 points one year to like finish, to finish, you know, fourth, barely in 2009, I think. But in 2008, they finished right behind Chelsea and Manchester United, who, you know, only played in the Champions League final that year. Those were the two best teams in Europe. And it wasn't like, you know, Barcelona was up there, but it's safe to say United and Chelsea were the two best teams in Europe. Arsenal finished right behind them. So it, he he did more with less. It's just that then later he did less with more. Yeah. And it's just I mean, possible. And- it's, it's whether or not he has the and, and at this point, but like when he got the players he needed, maybe it was just he overlooked some of the other positions that maybe you would deem not as important. And I, mean, and I think I mean, other managers have done that. Like like Manchester United managers for the last four years have just neglected the fact that we don't have center backs. And they've <laughs> completely taken for granted like they just they they throw out center midfielders like it's nothing and then they don't and then the team doesn't have success until Michael Carrick steps into the team. So like those are important positions that are often overlooked. Mm-hmm. And it's just possible that Wenger's overlooked them. Okay. I, I don't know. I mean, I think that I think your point about the fact that he was able to do more with less and then has done less with more is really spot on. And, you know, one of the things that we've talked about in relationship to, yeah, I, I mean, briefly, even though his time was long ago now, is Roy Hodgson, right? And that uh, certain managers being small club managers and then they try they you know move up to a quote-unquote big club and then they struggle and you know i still don't think hodgson i mean that's liverpool's Liverpool's issue right now is they've 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 hired a bunch of managers that weren't big enough for the job and they had to pull the 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 cord on them quickly and now it's like you hired jürgen klopp who is big enough for the job and you know how much time do you give him and well, and I mean, and I think that maybe there's some, even within Arsenal, there's some aspect of that to Wenger in that, okay, when, you know, when he came into the league, the the market for players was way different than it is now, and he had less to work with, and now that market is inflated, but so too are Arsenal's coffers, and he just... He, he doesn't know how to throw the weight around that Arsenal have now. And so, therefore, that weight sits and does nothing. And that builds up inertia and expectation without you know, very much to actually show for it. But, yeah, okay. No, he you're bought, 100% right. Like, he bought you're Alexis 100... and he bought Ertzel. But that's still – it's just it's, – it's sad to see. And I just – I hope that – I hope that the atmosphere at the Emirates doesn't get – so totally accurate and vitriolic that he has like no. But even then, Otso Otso like wanted. Oh yeah, totally wanted to come to Arsenal. And like Otso like, also suggested that he would only re-sign a contract if Wenger is there. So I mean, the, it, he clearly he's a man who can clearly manage players well some of the time, and he garners he he demands a lot of respect, and I think rightfully so. But that doesn't mean that he still shouldn't be let go at this point. 
Let's get to Liverpool. Well, I don't. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't disagree with that. I just, it's. I, I agree with you 100. It's. It's. He just hasn't. He hasn't adapted to the transfer market, and I think. I. You just got me thinking. Like, like Sir Alex Ferguson used to stay out of the transfer market a, a lot of times. He said there's no value in it. Now, granted, like you're the same guy who threw around like six million pounds for Bebe, but. No, that's not value. Like he's worth. He's not even worth forty thousand pounds, but like you should have just thrown out six hundred thousand, not six million. But you know, like I like I don't like you, every a lot's made of Manchester United throwing out two hundred million pounds a summer. Like Sir Alex Ferguson wouldn't have done that because he would have been like you know he maybe he would have signed Zlatan Ibrahimovic because it was a free transfer, but he so yeah like Wenger just. He hasn't adapted to the new transfer market. Like a player like Wilfred Zaha is just worth twenty-five million now. Like you're paying for the hope that this guy turns out to be great. That's what you pay for now. It's yeah, you're. It's, it's like all, you know what? It's it's similar to like buying first growth Bordeaux in that you buy them before they're ever even close to ready to drink. You're buying the future. Maybe it turns out well. Maybe it doesn't. But you're buying the name and the price tag. What I would say is what it might be, not what it already is. What I would say is it's pretty much the exact opposite of baseball, where in baseball your team has control over you for like six years, so they can control how much you're getting paid. And when you hit free agency at 28 29 when you're like your best years you have like one more of your best year in you and and teams are pretty much paying you for what you've done not what you're going to do in in soccer now it's the way the transfer market works is we're paying for what you hope for what we hope you're going to do and not necessarily what you've done and what you're doing and Wenger just won't have that and Look, I don't think Sir Alex Ferguson would have that either, but you know, Wenger's almost like a manager from an old era. He's a dinosaur. Yes, he's a dinosaur. He's almost a relic. Yeah. Let's get over to Liverpool. They are undefeated against the top six. They are a very bipolar team. Cool. What have they done against the bottom fourteen? Well, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) Bipolar. But they're not at, bipolar. We know what we're going to get. At but at point. the same time, Arsenal, sort of the opposite there, having a lot of trouble against the top six teams. Yeah. They Which did, is also nothing terribly new. They did pick up a win overall. Yeah, dude, like, are we, like, what year is this? Yeah. Like, like, this is, like, when, this has been going on since, like, 2008. So, Liverpool like, back in the top four for now. Arsenal do have a game in hand. And we'll see how that shakes out. Quickly, Sunday. I'm really glad you said it that way. I'm really glad you said it that way because two weeks ago, two weeks ago, I said to my friend who's a Liverpool fan, and I, and I went, I can't wait. And I, I wish I could bring up the text to quote it, but I said, I can't wait till it was after uh, United, you know, didn't play a game or, or when, when I knew we had the League Cup the next week so that we wouldn't be playing and there would be other league games going on. And I went, I can't wait till people start talking about how we have a game in hand on you while neglecting the fact that, one, we can't win a home league game, which, oh, just turned out to be true. And two, that game in hand happens to be Manchester City away. Like, so I'm glad that you said, oh, Arsenal have a, have a game in hand on Liverpool, not 
the other not United. mention the other red team. Mm-hmm. Sunday, real quick, uh, Tottenham taking a three-two win over Everton, and um, Manchester City taking a two-nothing win over Sunderland. So, um, Sunderland dead last once again, six points from safety. I mean, I I woke up, I checked the score because I like as I said, every Everton Tottenham game ends one-one. I saw it was two 0 I saw Harry Kane scored two more goals because that guy's. On, on fire. fire, yes, on fire, and so speaking of another it, single player who can be bipolar, mm-hmm. when he's in bad form, nice. he's in bad form, and when he's in good form, he's world beating. Well, the other day, the other day, Jose Mourinho came out. Uh, I guess it was Sunday, or yeah, Sunday. I guess maybe, yeah, Sunday. He came out and he said United were dropping too many points at home. And, you know, that's why he's been labeled the genius because he could figure that out and nobody else can. Um, so it sucks that every other team has a manager that can't, that just doesn't think on the same level as Mourinho, but it would, it would be nice to have a striker that you could rely on to score league goals at home. And Harry Kane does that in bunches. But then I heard then Everton scored a goal like with like 10 minutes to go and the, and the game got drunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was a good game. I slept through it. I was tired. No, no, it was a good game. Then today, Chelsea beat West Ham 2-1. Goals by Costa and Hazard. Nothing shocking there. Oh, my God, so surprised. So, Chelsea are 10 points clear. So, good on them, good on them. Over to the Champions League. Notice how you're not talking about how, you know, the tether has been over since... Since December, uh, it's November. been over since yeah, uh, October. It's been over since Christmas. September. When I said it was over. August twenty eighth. Yeah. Over. <laughs> do, you, do, do you remember when I said it was over? Yeah, that's not true. Because after the first international break, we were tied with City at the top of the table, and then we played each other and we lost two one. And since then, we haven't been able to win a freaking home point, a home game, unless we played Leicester. Champions League. <laughs> Goodbye, Arsenal. Yeah, Arsenal hosting Bayern Munich on Tuesday. Uh, big, big 5-1 deficit from the first leg. Elliot, is there any chance in hell that they can pull out this? Can chance they... in purgatory, but not a chance in hell. No. But, right. Wait, 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 wait. Just remember, you have a really fresh Alexis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, they're... I, I think that, and I was t- I have a, a friend who's uh, in London now for a couple weeks, and he's going to this game, and I was texting him, and I, I do think that there's a chance that we could win this match. I, I think he I mean, will win it. I, I genuinely but, think that. But, I yeah, the, winning the the tie, I no. realistic. No, there's, there's no chance. Then we got Real Madrid. I'm not going to win this game for now. Yeah, Real Madrid, Napoli. In Naples, uh, 3-1 Real after the first leg there. Yeah, that away goal is going to be huge for you guys. Is there any chance that Napoli can do something? Against Real Madrid? Uh, I mean, they are at home, and Napoli have been pretty good this year, but no. No. No, I mean, I think if anybody if anybody's going to turn around a huge first leg deficit, then that's going to be Barcelona. Mm, Barcelona. And I don't even think. Playing. I, I no, I. 
playing at home no, against think, PSG on Wednesday. Four nothing in the first leg. I think leg. you have the team wrong. I think you have the I think you have the wrong team for that situation. I just think the team that might turn it around isn't playing this week. So I'll that's a that's a teaser for next week. Mm, there we go. Yeah. I don't think any of these big deficits get turned around this week. No. Uh, the sh- smallest deficit, that's Benfica having a one nothing lead over Dortmund. Now, that one I think might get turned around. Yeah. Yeah, especially since Dortmund are going to be at home. Yeah. And it should. They should have won their first leg, too. Yeah, they got their chances. Yeah. I don't know if they should have won it, but, you know, they... They, they had. They certainly. They had should have scored. I'll, I'll say that much. They definitely yes, should have scored. Yes, they definitely should have scored. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean Barcelona. I, mean, I can't really feel like we can write them off, but at the same time, four goals. Mm. I can. You know why? <laughs> why? They've been playing like crap. Like even in La Liga, like it's it's one thing to be like, oh, like you know. They're only winning games 2-0 as opposed to 7-0 in La Liga like they usually are. They aren't even, like, winning. They're, like, they're, they've been playing like crap. And and right after, and, and it, it should have been They like, won 5-0. Okay, they won 5-0, great. They won a one-game 5-0. Right after they, they got that, right after they got blown. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. Okay, just no. Their last three games... 2-1 win over Atletico Madrid, 6-1 win over Gijón, and then 5 nothing over Celta Vigo. So they oh, are yeah, they are this. they are in good form. And they're gonna so they're gonna beat PSG 5-0? No, no, I still don't think they're gonna pull within four. I don't think they're even gonna push it into extra time. But if I think that they can make it interesting. Yeah. If they I'm... get an early goal. And they can just throw everything forward and make sure not to concede on the counter. This could be a great game. I'm just thinking of a few weeks ago, right after they, right after that PSG loss, when Messi scored a late goal to equalize against a clearly inferior team, and all Barcelona was celebrating. And Messi was like, "No, like we kind of suck right now." So I mean, they looked horrible in that game. Absolutely, the game against PSG, they were not. I don't know what was up there, but they uh, they can make it interesting. It, but it all comes down to Messi, really. Because he is the one carrying this team on his shoulders. What if it comes out? Well, yeah, but what if what if Anhelm Di Maria has something to say? He might. He might. We'll see what happens. Cavani's in good form, too. He's got 28 legals, I think. Yeah, because he's had 140 chances. Yeah. See, yeah, but he's not worse than Giroud. No, he is Giroud. <laughs> Where's Elliot? He's just there he is. laughing at there you. He is. Yeah. yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm fading fast, guys. And Paulie, are you fixing a snack? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, I'm devouring a Greek yogurt right now. <laughs> I thought I heard something oh going God. on there. Okay, with that, let's head into our final thoughts. <laughs> final thoughts. Yes. So, uh, we always love to talk about him. Nicholas Bentner has uh, oh signed. 
He's left Nottingham Forest and he's now a member of the Norwegian club Rosenborg. Signed a three-year Mixed deal. Mix Discrude used to play for them, and yes. that was back when Mix Discrude was good. Yep. I mean, they. I don't know how they've been the last couple of years, but they used to be in the Champions League quite often. Uh, they are the big, biggest team in Norway for sure. Um, so yeah, three-year deal with them, and he says he's excited and he wants to uh, score a lot of goals. Elliot. Uh, my final thought actually comes from the U.S. The U.S. Soccer Federation announced on Saturday that they were they are going to bar all U.S. soccer players representing the federation from sitting during the national anthem, saying they quote shall stand respectfully, um, which is clearly in response to Megan Rapinoe sitting last year during the national anthem in solidarity with Colin Kaepernick and the Black Lives Matter protests. I mean, it's just the... It... No! Uh, she did it in solidarity with the... She did it for the same reasons, but not because of the black issue. Yes, that was part of it, but she did it for the for gay. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, but... In, in the same way that Colin Kaepernick was protesting what he feels to be systemic inequality that he faces yes, personally, there you, yes, he was doing there the same thing. Um, but the, the move just seems, it to me, it like, it it's it just sad, right? Because it's not as though, it, it, it only is going to work to alienate a lot of longstanding U.S. soccer supporters and I don't think that it really does much to curry favor with anyone. And it's just, it seems so emblematic of kind of the state of affairs of U.S. soccer in general. It's just like, you set off a bomb with a perceived problem, and okay, maybe it was a problem, but what now Now, what are you doing? It's just, it, I, I, I could hardly believe it when I saw it, because it's just right, like... Right, like, this, let's be honest, no one would remember it. Yeah, it's like this was not this was a non-issue, you know. It's like I just bought a ton of mouse traps. Like, oh, okay, that that's fine. We, we had one mouse in here a month ago, and no one complained. <laughs> it's just it, it. I find it. I find it really sad. So it's good. Good job, U.S. Soccer. You made a fool of yourselves while trying to stop your players from expressing themselves. Good job. Hmm. Polly. Polly. Are you giving us a rundown on the Greek yogurt? Yeah, yeah. give us your final. I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting back. for you to go, Seb. I'm I, waiting for you. To I go. already did mine. Mine was yeah. Nicholas oh, okay. Bentner. Oh, all right. Lord Bentner. Greatest striker to ever live. I, I told yes. you. I told you. I drank a lot of wine for the bachelor tonight. So <laughs> yeah. Um. So my bet on that. Mine. Mine goes out to like I as I as I mentioned before. I watched the Dortmund match instead of the Premier League because. Uh, I needed some team that I can count on to pummel a team at home. And I got the crappy Fox announcers announcing the game rather than the Bundesliga guys. So Marco Royce goes off in the first half, injured. Christian Pulisic comes on. And this announce, and I get that Fox needs to like sell things and they're trying to sell the U.S. team. But this announcer could not have gotten his 
uh, let's just say his piece out of Christian Pulisic's ass. All he talked about, I mean, this guy just didn't stop pumping Christian Pulisic up. Who, Pulisic had a goal and an assist, and then he was just talking about, oh, what a great opportunity. Like, And Pulisic has now made himself, at one point he said, Pulisic has made himself an important part of the starting 11 going forward. Like He took advantage of the Royce injury, has made himself a part of the, of the starting 11 going forward. He had a goal and an assist. I can promise you Pulisic isn't going to start the Champions League game uh, this week. Like, Andre Shirlo is still on the bench. Mario Gotze is about to come back from injury. Fox, like, just stop trying to pump it. This is a guy who has three goals and five assists for a team on a team that has scored 52 goals in the league and uh, 21 more. In, in the Champions League, and he's been a part of eight of them. Like, look, I love Pulisic. We all love Pulisic because we're all American. That includes you now, Seb. Yep. So <laughs> I believe. You need to love him, too. I believe that we will now, try. You need you need to now love him, too. That's, yep. that's part of the citizenship test. Is you need to love Pulisic. We all are Pulisic. We all know how good he is, but like, let's stop trying to oversell him. That's not going to help us. Like, nope. yeah. he's got he's played a part in eight of seventy something goals. Like, let's not try to make him out to be something that he isn't. There we go. We'll talk to you again later in the week. We'll preview match day twenty eight in Premier League and talk about you know hopefully some exciting stuff happened in Champions League. So we'll touch on that too. Maybe some Europa League. We'll see. We'll see. Until then, follow us on Twitter. Well, I'm we play si- Rostov. Yeah, Rostov on Thursday. That's the early game too. One p.m. Um, I'm Seb Noren. Polly is peak with LWFAN. Elliot is Keats was better and give FanRex Sports a follow as well. And we'll talk to you again soon. Until then, goodbye. Thank <laughs> you.